Good day to all of our investors and general listeners. This is the Rudd Commentary. My name is Josh Rudd, and I'll be your host on this presentation today. And with me today is Jack Herr, our Capital Markets Associate. For our new listeners who may not be familiar with our firm, the Rudd Company is a wealth management firm headquartered in Fort Worth, Texas. We manage investments for clients across the country and specialize in personal investment management, retirement planning, and the setup and management of employer retirement plans. Well, Happy New Year, Jack. Happy New Year, Josh. Jack, I'd love to start to a new year. We can all step back and reflect on the past, and we can celebrate our successes, set some goals, and, and get ready for the new challenges that lay ahead. On our program today, we want to focus on, on really helping our listeners and clients do everything they can to have a successful and winning 2021. So as a part of this program today, we have an incredible guest speaker that I will introduce in a few minutes. But first, Jack, why don't you give our listeners a quick investment update? Yeah, so I'd like to talk about a 2020 performance just a little bit here. Some of the things we're looking forward to in the market for 2021. But like you said, we have a pretty exciting guest today, so I'm not going to take too long here on the market update. 2020 performance, you know, there were a lot of up and downs. Obviously, when the virus hit, we hit a bit of a bottom in the market and then we, you know, rallied all the way back. The fourth quarter wasn't much different. We finished the year strong and we we're heading into 2021 with a lot of momentum. What happened in the fourth quarter, we did get a lot of news on the vaccine, which helped the markets. We got some more stimulus and the election, which, if anyone hasn't heard our prior podcast in the election, I'd encourage you to go listen. Josh, any takeaways from 2020 or wise words for our listeners as we head into the new year? You know, you talked about earlier that uh, we had a nice run off the bottom for March last year. And when you look at the year, Jack, we actually performed pretty well. In fact, exceptional in the equity markets when compared to other years. You know, we've noticed or gotten feedback from many clients that the performance in 2020 really surprised them. So despite all the challenges that we had with the virus and also the political climate, I know that uh, you and I are definitely looking forward to a, a bright future and a better 2021, but it's kind of hard to beat the returns from 2020, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And like you said, very surprising given all that we went through. And now I want to talk about just kind of looking forward into the stock market and themes that I've been hearing as people rebalance their portfolios and kind of look into the future. Like I said, we may see some rotation in the market as we do have some new policies and new administration. I'll keep us updated on this podcast. One thing I wanted to talk about, and we brought up a little bit on last podcast, was inflation. Keeping a real close eye on metals and, and how those do as more money comes in the market with stimulus and government spending, more government spending than expected. And the market's still focused on the vaccine rollout and potentially more stimulus. So those are, those are things we'll really be looking at and seeing which type of investments prosper in this environment. Josh, is there anything I forgot? The inflation is something we're really watching, and I, you know, we've talked about it here recently. I'm not quite sure why it's not being covered as much as I believe it should be. We are seeing some inflation in real asset prices, everything. You talked about metals, commodities, real estate, I mean, even cars. We had uh, some of the programs over the last couple of months on some of the alternative investments. You are start, starting to see values push up even higher as cash is really just trying to find a home. So inflation is something I believe our investors should be watching very closely as we go into the new year. It's definitely apparent in a lot of the hard assets that we see out there. I know that the real estate market here we talked about, Jack, has increased dramatically over the last year, but really has been on an upswing over the last 10 years. And you commented on all the additional money that's being introduced into the system whether it's through printing or stimulus checks or whatever uh, tool that uh, the Fed is using 
it's still a real drag on investment performance in the long term. And I think that you're, you're seeing this, uh, this melt up in asset prices because of that additional monetary supply. And it's just something that we need to be aware of because it's not a problem until it is, if that makes sense. Investors should just be aware of that. One other thing that I think is really important for our listeners is just the rotation piece. A lot of investors think about rotation from a sector perspective, but there's a large rotation right now that we're seeing, uh, not every day, but it's in fits and starts from a lot of the high multiple technology names into more of the value names, Jack. I think we're seeing that. A lot of the names that really have been left behind for several years in the equity markets are starting to perform well especially when you look at different sectors that have really had a hard time, like materials. They've just done extremely well here recently. And the valuations just got very, very low. And these are viable businesses that probably aren't as exciting as talking about a, a new phone or some new technology, online learning technology, or you know something that's a little more relevant to today. But investing is all about getting a rate of return right on your investment and eventually getting some form of cash payment to either pay your bills in retirement or just live a better life. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. So I just want investors to realize that not to discriminate against some of the more boring companies on the products <laughs> that we use every day because money's green, right? Yeah. And it spends the same. And except in the case of Bitcoin, I feel confident in, in having more of it. <laughs> yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up. Just looking at the raw numbers yesterday, I could see that there's some pretty clear rotation. Um, into those value names. So that's all I really had today, Josh. Well, thanks, Jack. Our guest today is a very driven and successful football coach. Jeremy Flowers is the varsity head football coach for Southwest Christian School here in Fort Worth. In addition to his athletic leadership, Coach Flowers is also the director of diversity at Southwest Christian and sits on the senior leadership team. He also leads the Barnabas program, which is supporting the new families and students at SES, in addition to being the head football coach. So welcome, Coach Flowers. No, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. And it's also important to mention, Jack, that Coach Flowers is an accomplished athlete in his own right, having played Division One football at Arkansas. I know you were pretty excited about that with him being on the program today. <laughs> yeah, it was. And before we get started, I'd like to ask for you to tell us a little bit about your time in Arkansas and what it was like competing at such a high level. Oh, absolutely. First of all, to all the Razorback fans out there, I want to say pig suey. Um, <laughs> you know, we, uh, Arkansas was an amazing time for me, not only on the field, but just in the classroom and relationships I was able to build there. Playing in the SEC, I just believe, is the best conference in football. We got to play against just very talented athletes. We had a team that did really well, you know, at Arkansas. That's what I remember just the most, just the building of relationships, being a part of a brotherhood that uh, stuck together no matter what, and being able to win games. You know, so we were the SEC West champs uh, my junior year, went on to play in the Citrus Bowl my junior year and my senior year. We played in a Cotton Bowl against Texas, so we point the horns down because we, we beat them that year. <laughs> yes, uh, yeah. But, yeah, exactly right. So I had a great years there in Houston Nut. I was there my last two years, and he was just a great motivator and, and is a part of the reason why I got into coaching football as well. Cool. Yeah. So there's another person that's – Taking shots at me as a UT alum, then Jack. So you're not, you're not, you're not, uh, you're not alone. <laughs> well, Coach, I wanted to point out you had a very impressive season this year with your varsity football team at Southwest Christian, and you know you guys went all the way to the state semifinals. Mm -hmm. Which I, I want to point out to our listeners outside of Texas that that's a pretty big deal here in the great state of Texas, yes, sir. Uh, where football is is kind of a, a way of life. So that's quite <laughs> an accomplishment, Coach Flowers. I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about the varsity football program at Southwest Christian when you arrived a few years ago it was a program that uh, that, that was down in the dumps you know and um 
mean, I think because of a variety of reasons, really. The main one I can see is there was a turntable of coaches. You know, there's about five coaches within five years that was in the program. And the uh, the kids just kind of lost a little bit of faith in, in football and in a football program there. So when I came on there, you know, my main deal was to assess the talent that I have. Uh, who do I have here? What kids still want to be able to play football? And then, of course, make a plan. And part of making that plan was hiring uh, adequate staff. And you have to have support of the admin there to be able to do all those things. But anyways, if you can imagine coming from 5A football, 6A football, 7A football in the state of Illinois, where I was at last, we go from about 100 kids in your program so I walked into 17 kids, you know, in that program. And it was for the first time probably in a long time, I questioned if that was a, the right path that God wanted me on. But it all worked itself out. But it was 17 players in spring football. And I was out there like, oh, my goodness, what did I just do? So there's definitely some building there. <laughs> yeah. And can you talk a little bit about your goal setting process during that time? I know 17 players, were you more just worried about getting people on the field, kind of taking those small steps? Or mm-hmm. did you have a long-term goal in mind right away? No, you know, the, the, when you walk into situations like that, whenever you, I think when you're taking over a company, taking over a business, taking over a football program, you have to just first go in and assess what you have. Like, man, I just want to go there and look at the entire program. I want to look at our equipment room. I want to look at our helmets. I want to look at our shoulder pads. I want to, of course, meet and talk with each individual player. I had a uh, big meeting with the uh, with the parents. Uh, that was uh, that was huge. So in my opinion, it always takes about three to five years to, to turn around a program. And uh, we're on our fifth year this year, actually. But it takes about three to five years to turn around a program. And I felt the same way walking into SES. I think a big part of goal setting when you're taking over a program, is you really have to cast a compelling vision. And that was big for us. Uh, SES football has some good history. I want to make sure I was able to cast a compelling vision. We're going to be able to get back to that point and then more too. So casting a compelling vision was one thing I wanted to do when I first got there. So coach, you talked about you know the initial assessment and one of your main long-term goals is that compelling vision how did you get from point a to point b how did you go from a, you know looking at the equipment to the mm-hmm. 17 players to you know, how did you come up with that compelling vision well you know again after you uh, assess your talent you have to really find a staff i think that's the one of the most important things that we did was i had to find a group of men who knew what they were getting into I had to get buy-in from the uh, just the admin team to be able to allow me to bring the coaches that I want to come in and be successful. Once we did that, we were able just to break down all the players as a staff. And then you got to really say, hey, what can this group of kids do offensively? What can this group of kids do defensively? Because I don't think you can say, hey, you know what? No matter what program I walk into, we're going to be a spread offense. I don't think you can do that. No matter what program you walk into, we're going to be a 4-3 defense. I don't think you can do that. I think you got to assess your talent. And then you got to be able to make uh, your decision from there. And that's what we did. So we decided with this group of kids, this is what we're going to be able to do. This is what's going to help us be successful right now. And I think that's key. And I'll hang out there for a minute. When you're taking over a program that's been down, what can you do to have immediate success? Because as soon as something goes bad in a program that's already been down, they have a tendency just as soon as something bad happens, they just get right back down. You know, so we want to see what could we do to make sure that this program has success. One thing we did as a staff, we said, hey, let's make sure we put opponents in front of us that we know we can have success against. So that was a big part of it, being able to 
put schemes in place that will, that would fit well for our, our, our kiddos. You know, we deal with a lot of the same challenges here when we come off a rough year. And you talked about the team around you. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about our investors need to have a great team around them, mm-hmm. whether it's different professionals. How did you build your, your coaching staff when you first showed up? Yeah, great, great question. I don't know what all I do well, but I think I, think I do that pretty good. Um, it's important to me. And I, I, I want to talk to and hire coaches. I know that what we're doing with these kids on the field and off the field is just as important to them, you know. So I, I take, I think if you were to ask a lot of my coaches, I, I take our, our uh, any coach I interview through a, a pretty intense um, interview. And that interview consists of what's their character like? Uh, what what are the things that they like to do? What do they value in their life? I mean, I look for specific answers. And then it goes on to picking what coach I feel can fit best with the type of kids that we have at the school. And it's different. And, I, and I'll tell you this, you know, when you're when you're hiring staff, and again, I, I, don't, I don't care what profession you're really in. I really, and I like to learn this as I got older, you don't really want to hire guys and coaches who are just like you. I don't want 10 Jeremy Flowers out there. I want some different personalities. I want some guys who have different coaching styles than what I have. Ultimately, I do want coaches out there who want to see kids be successful, all right, and they're willing to put in the time and the work to do that. Well, that's great advice for our listeners that are putting together a team of professionals around them, you know, to get those different opinions. So I think that's great advice. Yeah, Coach, and you talked about that immediate success and how important that was, mm-hmm. scheduling those teams right mm-hmm. away. Mm-hmm really, I guess, showing your program that you you can win those games. Was there ever a time when you doubted your ability to succeed, maybe when you started scheduling some, Mm. you know, higher quality opponents within that period? Yeah, you you do. I don't think I'm the only coach that will say this. Over the course of your career, you have times where you doubt yourself. And sometimes you have times you doubt yourself from a year-to-year basis. You just, you know, you're, you're not sure. You Sometimes you question what you're doing out there. But what I would say at SES, the big hurdle for us was just being able to get the kids to believe. You can win. You can be successful. And especially when you're taking over a program like that, those wins might not necessarily mean on the scoreboard, you know, when a loss, those wins may be like, hey, you know what, man, we learned how to finally fight for four quarters. We didn't win, but we fought hard for four quarters. And I guarantee the other team knew that they were playing us because we played hard for four quarters. That win can be like, hey, we're not going to have more than five penalties in this game. That could be a big win for a, a team. So it's, uh, it's, it's it's trying to find out your wins that may not necessarily be win, a win, a loss win, at, you know, on, on the scoreboard. What would you tell any of our listeners? You know, you talked a little bit about dealing with those setbacks. Mm-hmm. What would you tell any of our listeners today that maybe look back at the last year and maybe had a setback in their career or just something that they're fighting for that may seem a little longer than one game to the next? But mm-hmm. is there any advice that you give them that you've seen be successful on the field? Yes, absolutely. I, I think, number one, when you face uh, difficult times, when you face any trials out there, I think you have to assess the situation. Why was it rough? Why did we go through this rough patch? You got to be able to answer those questions before I think you could take a step forward. Now, once you have those questions answered, now I think you can build a game plan and moving forward now. I think the other thing that you have to do is when you have those rough patches, you have to learn how to flush it. That's our term that we use. We, we flush it and we learn from it. We flush it and then we move on. And, and that moving on process is now creating a game plan to be able to move forward. I know a lot of us would like to flush 2020, not, <laughs> not for the uh, Southwest Christian Eagles, but we definitely want to uh, flush 2020. <laughs> yeah, well said. This is more of a general question that I had, and you've talked a lot about goal setting. And seeing our business and our investors, they run into challenges all the time, whether it's I lost my job, things that really impact the long-term 
long-term goals that they're working towards. Mm -hmm. Uh, What are some of those biggest challenges you experience or maybe even see others face when working hard towards reaching those long-term goals? When you're setting goals, you set goals that are, of course, we all heard is that, that are attainable. Can you really attain those goals? Are you setting yourself up to be successful? One thing I tell, you know, my team or people that I work with is, you know, uh, and, I, and I think you'll like this, over the course of a game, you're going to have all types of hills and valleys. That's what you're going to have. Now, the goal is to have more hills, be on top of things, and you do, then you do valleys, right? So that's what we want to be able to try to control, have more hills than we do valleys. Now, the big thing with that is, I guarantee, no matter what you're doing, playing the game of football, going to school, just getting your education, being in a business, whatever it may be, you are going to you're going to get knocked down. What we say on our team, you're going to get punched in the mouth. All that matters when that happens is your reaction. It's going to happen. Now, how are you going to react to that? And that is totally up to you. That's your choice on how you react when you get knocked down. Uh, you can either react and say, hey, you know what, that that kind of hurt. I'm, I'm, I'm going to back up. Or you can say, you know what? I want to get back up and I'm, I'm going to fight. I think knowing that things are going to happen, obstacles are going to get in your way, but knowing that how you react is all that matters and how you choose to react is all that matters. And that's a choice. You have a choice. You know, it's been interesting for me to, to watch how you interact with some of the players on the field and trying to get them to perform at their highest level. Mm-hmm. And I'm interested that when you lead these players – What do you think the key ingredients are for these players to reach their full potential before you lose them to, say, a Division I or Division II school Mm -hmm. while you have them, that short time that you have Mm -hmm. the ability to coach these these high-performing athletes? What are those key ingredients that they've got to have to achieve these goals? I think really, one, as crazy as that may sound, it's not just just with coaching a sport or coaching football. I think it's an education period. I I love education because in our profession, it is so important and so vital that you know your player, you know your student, you know the people who are working for you. Now, what's that mean? I may know their name, but that's just not enough. You know, knowing their name is important. I mean, people like me know their name, but what makes them tick? Now, what makes them mad? What gets them fired up? What's going on in their home life? What are they going home to every day? You know what? That's why he acts that way on Wednesday. Figuring out those things that make those players tick. Knowing their mood swings. You know, again, knowing what they, even what they like to eat, like what they do on the weekend, what their hobbies are really getting to know your players. When your players know that you truly, truly care for them, man, they'll do anything for you. They'll do anything for you once they know you really care about them, not just what they can do do for you. I'm interested to know, especially I've seen just some players that really kind of have the right stuff, mm-hmm. and it just seems like they're just built for what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Are there any specific activities or any habits that these players have to develop to play at that high level? Is there anything you try to instill in them that they just have to have? Well, you know what? I think the main thing that you have to have, I mean, the, the term has been around for a while. I don't even know who started, but at that level, tough people win. You have to have a tough mentality. That's toughness uh, physically and toughness mentally. You'll find a lot of kids, especially when you go to the next level, man, they're going to be very similar in physical attributes. If you're the fastest kid in high school, when you get to college or at the next level, I mean, there's going to be, there was defense alignment who were faster than me and I play safety, you know, and that was <laughs> mind blowing to me. 
but you're going to have those deals. But what separate what can separate you is how strong you are, how tough you are mentally, and how tough you are physically. And I think that plays a big key into it. I think all of us, and especially our investors, are going to need some mental toughness going <laughs> forward in the future. I know there's going to be times where things aren't going our way, Jack. Coach, I've just got one more question for you. So 2020 was a, a challenging year for everybody. And I just want to know if our investors feel like they've been beat up a little bit in the first half and they just feel like they're too far behind to win the rest of the game. What would you tell them in the locker room if this was, you mm-hmm. know, halftime looking forward? I, you know, I've always wanted to go in and listen to what you mm-hmm. say in the locker room to these guys. <laughs> what, what would you tell them? Uh, we've just finished 2020. We're looking forward at 21. We want to win. Uh, mm-hmm. What would you What would you tell our listeners today? You know what? I'll go in there and I'll say, hey, you know what? Is there anything that you can absolutely do about what just happened? Is there anything that you can do? Can we go back and change anything that happened in 2020? Is there anything that you can go out there and change in that first half? Can we go out there and change the score? Can we go out there and change the mistakes that we had? Can we go back and do that? No, we can't. So where's our focus have to go to? Our focus has to be in the right now. What can we do right now to make sure that we can go out there and be successful? And the bottom line is we have to go out here and win the second half. The bottom line for y'all, you have to go out there and win 2021. So put a plan in place. We know what mistakes we made. Let's get it fixed. Let's get on the board, figure it out, and let's go out there and handle business like we know how. Well, that just makes me want to go out and kick butt for 2021. (laughs) Yeah. We celebrate a lot of the little wins here, so I I like that message for sure. You have to. You have to. Yeah. Well, Jack's right. It's kind of our mantra is we like to win. And, you know, this room that you can see, our listeners can't see us, but we're sitting in front of our trading room here. Yeah, that's what that room's for. A lot of times we just, it's not because of the money we're making in there. We just like to win to win. Yeah. You know, if we can get a a basis point here or get a little bit better for a client on a large trade, we'll high five and celebrate that win. And and, uh, it makes me, I'm not going to say the good old days, but it makes me wish for times when we were on the playing field and we were were fighting for those inches that we all talk about in in football. Winning's fun. Winning is fun. It is. And and you don't have to feel bad about it. We we like to win. Well, Coach, uh, what a motivation. I think I can speak for everybody here. We thank you for coming out today. And and I know all of our listeners appreciate your drive to succeed. And uh, I've seen firsthand your love for others. Mm-hmm. And that most of all, really the faith that you have, and you know, it's given you the strength to persevere when confronted with all the mountains of life that we all must climb. Yes, absolutely. So, uh, I appreciate you being here. I want to thank you for being on our program today. But most of all, thank you for your dedication to others, especially in building strong men of faith and, and conviction. We really appreciate that. I appreciate you. Thanks for having me. Well, Jack, this has definitely been my favorite program so far. It's nice to hear about success and hope for a better future. Jack, what a great change from what we're hearing in the media elsewhere. Yeah, Josh, I'm glad Coach Flowers was able to come on our podcast today and really brought a positive perspective, and I'm looking forward to a great 2021. As always, if you enjoyed this program or know other investors that could benefit from this information, please share the Rudd Commentary podcast through email or on social media. We also like feedback on our program and ideas for future topics. If you have the time, we enjoy hearing from you. All of us here at the Rudd Company would like to thank you, our investors and clients, for your trust. Thank you for allowing us to be your partner in your long-term financial journey. We take this role very seriously. Thank you very much for listening today. This is the Rudd Commentary. I'm your host, Josh Rudd. And from all of us here at the Rudd Company, let's get back to work and make 2021 a winning year. Invest long and prosper. This commentary is distributed for informational purposes only and is not intended to constitute legal, tax, accounting, or investment advice. Nothing herein constitutes any offer to sell or solicitation of any offer to buy any security. 
All investment strategies and investments involve risk of loss, including the possible loss of principal invested, and nothing herein should be construed as a guarantee of any specific outcome or profit. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Any opinions expressed by employees of the Rudd Company are the Rudd Company's opinions and do not reflect the opinions of any affiliates. The opinions expressed by guest speakers are their own and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Rudd Company or any affiliates. Guest appearances on this program does not imply the Rudd Company's endorsement of any entity, person, product, service, or investment. All opinions are current and only as of the date of recording and are subject to change without notice.